This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Prophet Joel, he says in Joel 3.10, he said, Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. Now, when you sit there and just meditate on that, let, let the weak say I'm strong. Well, why would the weak say I'm strong? Why would we do that? Well, it's interesting to me that this was kind of a command of God. And I believe God is the God who he understands what it is that he calls things that don't exist in the natural realm as though they do. And so it's something that my, my faith begins to look at Father God. And he invites us and he says, let the weak say I'm strong. Something happens when we begin to get a hold of the scriptures and do what God says. Now, you get a little bit of God's heart here in Romans 4. Uh, Start in verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise may be sure to all the seed. The Amplified says, therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith, And depends entirely on faith. But again, he throws something in there. He says, therefore, it is a faith that it be in me according to grace. And so when we see it, grace, grace is, is God's empowering to do something that we can on our own. And I believe part of the walk of faith is, Father God, grace my faith today. I don't know if you've ever prayed that. Grace my faith. Grace me to strengthen my faith. And and it's interesting in this passage, he says, the reason it is, is so that the promises to all the seed. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Man, when you get born again, we're part of the seed. And so right here, the word of God is teaching us that all the promises of God to us, man, they're for us. It's to every one of us. He goes on to say, not only are those who are the law but also to those who are the faith of Abraham. Those who share the same faith as Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead, And he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He speaks to the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised. Now again, I want you to highlight something. If you'll catch all he's talking in this. He calls those things that be not as though they are. But if you go back to the beginning of verse 17, he said, it is written. So it's all based on the written word of God. And so when I find the scriptures of the word of God, one way I begin to cause the scriptures to come alive in me is I begin to say that. Oh, I call those things that be not as though they are. And so I find scripture. Just because it may look this way in the natural doesn't mean I can't continue to speak to it. 
And so I get a hold of the word of God, man, I begin to speak what the word of God says because that's the written word of God. Now, again, how does the written word come alive? I begin to speak it. I begin to say what the Bible says, and that becomes the rhema or the spoken word. Now, turn back with me into the, uh, the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17, and if you get in this passage, you're going to find out real quick we're about King David here. And so I, I, I love to study King David's life. And I begin to notice in these, these passages here, these stories in 1 Samuel, that it gave me inside information that there was a pattern in David's life before he would, he would make bold moves or do stuff, he would begin to announce what God was going to do through him. He would voice it. He would speak it. Begin with me, 1 Samuel 17, verse 3. Then the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Now, what's going on here? There's a, there's a big, big, big battle getting ready to take place. And so you, you can kind of get the picture, man. On this side of the mountain is the Philistines. On this side is the army of Israel. And, and when I begin to read this, you'll find out that they had to be in pretty close proximity because they, they would yell back and forth at each other. And I don't care if even as at the top of their lungs, they still had, a, again, they, they didn't have megaphones. They didn't have a Bose speaker out there. Plug me in so I can yell at them. And, and so again, when I see this, I, I get the picture in my mind and, and the proximity, they were a lot closer than we think. Verse four. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. One translation says nine foot nine. The Amplified says just a little under ten feet. So again, he's big. He's ginormous, big. Not only is he is a giant, he's a giant with an attitude. Now, keep reading this because I want you to begin to get a little picture here. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of that coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, which was approximately 126 pounds. Now, I don't know if you've ever worn ankle weights or you got a little vest that wore maybe 10 pounds and you put that little vest on and you got on the treadmill or you ran with it for a little while and it was 10 pounds. But to lug around 125 pounds, that, that was just his vest. Keep reading. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's bean. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a, sh a shield bearer went before him. So the, the, the spearhead was 15 to 16 pounds. Can you imagine throwing that thing? So one of the reasons I read these first few verses for you is I want to begin to get a picture in your mind to highlight Goliath's resume. And so you begin to get a picture that could be a, a very intimidating. 
It, it could cause fear or discouragement come upon you. You could easily say when you look at him and say, I'm, I'm in over my head. I'm, I'm in too much. I, I don't know what to do. Verse 8. Then he stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Now I'm telling you, this guy, he's talking. He is a trash-talking machine. If he was able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, this goes on for 40 days straight. Day and night, day and night, Goliath would come out. And so every day, the fear began to mount more and more. More and more, when they would seem, I, I believe to a degree, it paralyzed them. So let me, pray, uh, let me paraphrase just a little bit here. So this is the early days of King David. He's young. He's just been anointed the king. And his dad tells him, you go up front and you take your brother's supplies. So David's up there at the front line. And the day he gets up there, he gets to hear this and witness this. First uh, Samuel 17, verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Listen to what he says. That he should defy the armies of the living God. So David hears the same things that they hear. David sees the same man as they. It was just a different perspective. They all think he's too big to whip. David's thought is he's too big to miss. But it's interesting. He doesn't say, I'm going to take it. He says, who is this that defies the armies of the living God? In other words, my God is bigger than this. So he begins to say this, and it begins to stir. Same chapter, chapter uh, 17, verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for them. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And so immediately, he says, you can't, you won't. And when you hear what Saul says back, it's not real convincing. But again, David wasn't looking to man. David wasn't looking for the approval of man. And so look at his reply back to him in verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it. And I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. 
Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, saying, he has defied the armies of the living God. Did you hear what he said? He said, he's going to be just like the lion and the bear. He's messed with the wrong God, and I'm a servant of that God. And so because of his words, he begins to speak words of faith. Now, if you were to look up the word faith, the word faith doesn't mean to believe. The word faith means to trust. The word trust is rooted in the word trustworthy. And so when you put that together, trustworthy or true, it's really he's worthy of trust. So when I look at what this guy says, King David, at a young age, he got to a place where he trusted God. He looked and thought, lions and tigers and bears, who cares? If God be for me, everybody else might as well be. So at a young age, this was a guy who got a hold of what it meant to trust God. Not, not just a little bit, but this was a guy that, you know what, whatever comes against me in this life, God's trustworthy. I, I've, I've seen the character of my heavenly father. I've seen the integrity. I've seen the power. And it was like he was telling this king Saul, he said, listen, when that lion showed up, when that bear showed up, God moves. And he's telling him, when this Philistine approached, God's going to move. Verse 35. A little further than that. Verse 37. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now, this was the guy who just minutes before said, you're a punk kid. You can't fight him. And because of the faith, because of the trustworthy that he had in God, it moved in Saul. It changed him immediately. I don't know about you. I like to get around people of faith. And they get around you and they, 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 they cause you to rise up. And so now... Saul says, the force be, no, he said, God be with you. He didn't say the force be with you. He said, God be with you. Go, do it. And so when you look what takes place here, David's faith, his trust, it didn't waver. He knew, he knew, he knew. But what's interesting about this, it doesn't stop here. Keep looking, reading here with the same chapter, verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He belittled him, for he was a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now guess what he's beginning to do? He's trying to grip him with intimidation. He's trying to get him with fear. See, I'm either going to walk in fear or I'm going to walk in faith. You can't walk in both at the same time. And that's oftentimes what the devil does. He, he pictures or he paints this bleak picture. He begins to intimidate you. You can't do it. You can't do it. And so as he's saying this, watch what David does. He doesn't remain silent. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine. 
He spoke to the Philistine and he said, you come to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defiled this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I will take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camps of the Philistines of the birds of the air and with wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now guess what he just did? He just called those things that didn't exist as though they did. And he begins to broadcast and he says, this is what I'm going to do. But if you go back and look, everything that he says is because of God. That you may know that there's a God in Israel. In other words, you've messed with the wrong God. You've messed up. And so if I was continue to read this passage to you, Everything that David spoke out of his mouth that God was going to do through him, it took place. It happened. And so what I begin to see in this is is the devil will yak. He'll talk to you. He'll try to put fear on you. He'll try to get you down and, and begin to bluff you and begin to intimidate you. And if I get this right, when that happens, you start speaking back to him. Ooh, my God is big. My God is Jehovah Mega. He's big. He's the only God. And I begin to tell him that I'm more than a conqueror through God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And what happens here is this became a pattern in David's life. Over and over and over and over, he would say, that same God I trusted when I was a little boy, I can trust him to this day. That same God that I trusted, that my faith looked to with the lion, the bear, I can trust him to this day. And so don't, don't downplay little victories or things that you think is little. I mean, all that is, that's putting a trust in you and say, man, this is what my dad did. This is what my God did. This is what he did. I remember when I began to believe God and I began to trust God. I needed a job when I was about 25. I needed a good job. And when we began to pray and, and there were some situations happening and I didn't get the job that I thought I was going to get. And man, it demoralized me. And Shelly said, oh, no, no. God's got something better for you. And man, we begin to speak to us and thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. We stood on the word of God that God will open those doors. And he did. And I've never forgot what he did. I saw God move so supernatural in that area. And it began to grow in my life. And I would look back at those and I'd reflect back and I'd say, You know, the same God that delivered me when I needed a job, he's the same God that shows up today. And the same God that provided when I thought there was no way, he provided. And the same God, when I had to put my name on a million-dollar note, and man, my little head was freaking out. They said, sign here. And we got to put all these insurance policies on. You know what I realized that day? I'm more valued of all these people dead than I am alive. But I look back and you know what I remind myself of? That same God. That same God that got me that job. And that same God that provided houses when I needed it. And that same God who who moved in our, our kids' life. And that same God who becomes my, he's the same God. And so guess what happens? I start building trust. Just like David did. Go with me to John 6. Uh, yeah, John 6 is the last one. And so anybody, here's a thought for you. Anybody... Anybody can shout at the giant when he's down. But it takes a man or a woman of faith to shout to the giant when he's up and running. 
And, and uh, the, the thing happens is the only difference in the matter is when I begin to look and say, I trust God. I trust God. I trust you, Father God. I trust you. John 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life, but the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Listen to what one translation says. The words that I speak to you are life making. Wow. The words that I speak to you are life making. The word of God, according to Hebrews 4, is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when I start getting a hold of the word of God and I start speaking it, remember, the word of God, when it's spoken out of my mouth, it's life-making. Well, how long is that going to take, Pads, the rest of your life? You just keep speaking the word. You keep speaking to those men. You just keep trusting God. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what type of battles you're in. But I believe this, the same God that, that moved within King David. And he cut Goliath's head off. He still moves to this day. I didn't tell you this part of that story. But after he killed him, he took his sword. That big old heavy sword. And he cut Goliath's head off. And then you know what it said he did? Everywhere he went, those next, the next chapter throughout that, he, he took that big head. Can you imagine the size of his head? If he was 10 foot tall, I, he had a big old pumpkin head. A big old head. But he took it everywhere he went. And I think he would look at those older, other, other soldiers and he'd shake his head. And just look, look, look what the Lord has done. And I believe it became a memory in him that he never forgot. My God is the God who takes down the giants in my life. My God is the God who fights for me when I begin to learn and understand I can trust God. God's in faithful and he'll always be faithful. And that's what some of you got to get a hold of. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is moving and God is working. And even when we sing, God has been so good to me, we might as well add another verse. God has been so trustworthy to me. God has been so faithful to me because over and over and over, I see the faithfulness of God. Do you know how faithful he is? He's faithful. And I want you to leave here tonight. God is faithful. And I don't know what you're praying. I don't know what you're standing on. But ooh, man, I'm telling you, when the, devil, when the devil talks junk to you, talk junk back to him in Jesus' name. Remind him. Man, I saw Why don't you stand on your feet? We're with you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com. 